the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I would love to get an email from you if you have taken autonomous taxi ride yet. I've seen some of the videos on YouTube. They're pretty entertaining, whether they be in Phoenix or Vegas, of people getting into a car without a human being. Uber riders can now hail an autonomous ride in Las Vegas for the first time ever. Uber has done it. Uber has long talked about autonomous vehicles as key to its growth, first with its founder, Travis Kalanick, and then later with current CEO for its part. Today's announcement is the result of Uber's partnership with a company called Motional, a team up that was first announced um, in October. Motional has proven themselves to be an industry leader, safely progressing through autonomous technology towards a driverless future. They're thrilled to take the step with Uber in Vegas. Sounds like a press release. They'll continue to look forward to integrating autonomous technologies into the Uber network to grow the business by providing customers with additional reliable, affordable, and effortless transportation. Here's a question. Okay, so here's how the process works. You're at the airport. You hail an Uber. You see that it's going not to have a driver that's going to be autonomous. You have to opt in. Then you get into the vehicle, you have to opt in again. Which would you feel better with, a driver or a non-driver? In theory, non-drivers are going to be safer than drivers over time. The partnership between Uber and Hyundai-backed Motional covers both ride-hailing and delivery. Motional and Uber linked up to offer autonomous deliveries in Santa Monica, California as well. Um, they've recently announced some job cuts at Motional, but nothing aggressive. Aggressive on the corporate side, not on the technology side. But you might remember back in 2018, Uber had been involved with a self-driving car all the way back to 2015. But in 2018, one of the company's driverless cars had an emergency backup driver in place. It still struck and killed a pedestrian in Arizona in what was believed to be the first death linked to self-driving vehicles. We're not hearing about a lot of them, but you do hear about them and you're like, oh, Uber sold its self-driving business unit to Amazon and Sequoia back to Aurora in a deal valued at $10 billion. They've been kind of in and out with the self-driving. Um, I like that story. Um, here's a question. Do you tip a robo-taxi or do you not tip a robo-taxi? And does it truly save money? Time will tell, right? So Liz Ann Saunders is featured in the, today's articles in Barron's, B-A-R-R-O-N-S. She is the chief investment strategist. She sees potential trouble still ahead, especially as investors have yet to come to terms with the Federal Reserve not flipping from rising rate, raising rates to cutting them anytime soon, barring a crisis. Um, of note, if there was a nuclear accident, if there was a terrorist strike, the Fed probably would cut interest rates overnight. Again, that's speculative, but historical nonetheless. 
Saunders said the S&P 500 looked healthier under the surface when it hit lows in October compared to when it hit lows in mid-June. So is the worst over? She thinks it's encouraging. Um, you know, more boxes need to be checked to get sense that the worst may be behind us. There are still some signs that suggested it's not going to be smoothing selling ahead. I like her frank approach. Quote, the Fed has said the labor market needs to weaken further. Housing doesn't show signs of stabilizing and analysts forward earnings expectations still need to come down. When will the Fed pivot? Her first boss, Lizanne Saunders. So it was a guy named Marty Zweig. He came up with the phrase, don't fight the Fed. And it's actually a really good lesson to end today's session on. The Fed has been fighting the market, Saunders says. Each surge in optimism, the Fed may be nearing an end to the tightening, just loosens financial conditions. Exactly the opposite of what the Fed wants to see. A weaker or more volatile stock market plus weakness in labor markets are features at this point of what the Fed's trying to do. So we need to see that first Friday every month. We need to start seeing that unemployment rate scooch a little bit higher or the employment rate. Um, how many people are working, how many people are working second jobs. There's a lot of data inside that employment report on the first Friday of the month. Saunders is a crypto skeptic. If you're a crypto fan, plug your ears right now. She's referred to it as a cult rather than a currency. She sees the meltdown in cryptocurrencies as part of the unwinding of speculative bubbles. The ripple effects of cryptocurrency exchange FTX's bankruptcy and potential for contagion are still unclear. On the bright side, it's that much of the crypto activity has taken place outside the traditional financial system, and it has not weakened the banks like Bear Stearns, um, got weakened by the mortgage crisis back in the early 2000s. Um, so it's not going to be a contagion inside of our lending, inside the big part of our economy, but it is a problem to speculative retail investors, mostly. So, um, so she's not the biggest fan. She says, we're already seeing signs of breakage, whether we look back and say FTX was the worst of it, that'd be lovely. So again, she is a voice of reason. In my opinion, you may hate her. I get it. A lot of investors allocations of foreign stocks have dwindled recent years, a reason Saunders recommends investors rebalance to own a decent amount of non-U.S. stocks for the next market cycle. Saunders also recommends investors look beyond the broad categories of value and growth for the next legs of the market. She thinks putting blinders on, like calling yourself a monolithic growth investor or a monolithic uh, value investor, is shorting yourself. The types of companies to focus on are those with positive earnings revisions, strong balance sheets, strong free cash flow, rather than the companies with lots of promise and few profits. I think we're all on the same page here. I don't think she said anything as nutty. I think her best line was, crypto is a cult. <laughs> um, crypto is no, and she did not say this, but this is my own addition. Crypto is no more valuable than monopoly money. You remember as a child playing Monopoly and you'd sneak that $500 bill. You'd try to cash it in with your mother or father later in the day or week. Never worked for me either. 
You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you have questions about what I do, I work with EP Wealth. You can find links to what I do at robblackshow.com. I put up a long form uh, commentary with strategists from EP Wealth. Adam Phillips yesterday. It was late in the afternoon. You can find it at YouTube. Just Google in Rob Black Show and you'll find some long form commentary on the economy. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Part of my job on this show is to work hard to find you angles so that you can better understand what retirement means to you. What if you're not the average married couple? Is that even average anymore? What if you're a widow? My mother, this is fantastic. I I love telling these stories. It's hilarious. My father knew he was going to outlive my mother, but he was wrong by about 25 years. Um, My father passed away at 58. My mother passed away in her mid 80s. My father did me a, a, a bad by dying at 58. It's one of those life insurance, health insurance kind of questions. Um, are your parents still alive? When did your parents die? 58 is bad. It's on the wrong side of life insurance. So that hurt me. I've got a strike. But let's keep talking about my mom and dad, okay? My dad knew he was going to outlive my mother, so he put a lot of life insurance on her and almost nothing on himself. Did I just hear the, the audience go, ah. that's right. He knew he was going to outlive her. He was wrong by 25 years. Losing your spouse would be a critical moment in your life. And it's going to happen to many of us. You're going to need support from friends and family. When my father passed away, it wasn't quick. He was told by a doctor, you have six months to live. And he died 180 days later. He knew it was coming. So it wasn't quick. It wasn't a shock. And yet, he didn't go through all of his paperwork. He didn't dot his I's and slash his T's. I had to. So when he died in a month of February in a very cold Washington, D.C., he wanted to be buried in Arlington Cemetery, except for the fact that it was rock hard frozen and we couldn't put him in the ground until almost April. So we didn't do his wishes. We put him somewhere else. A lot going on in this, huh? You're learning like, oh, wow, this is sneaking up on you quickly, Rob. You want a network of people to help you when your spouse passes away. Does your mom have that right now? Does your dad have that right now? Do you have a financial advisor? One of the most trusted members of your financial team of your team ultimately in life. I think you need a good accountant if your taxes are complicated. And I think you need a good financial advisor if your financial affairs are more than a simple IRS easy form. So I have property out of state. Um, I was previously married, no kids. So my, my taxes are a little bit more complicated, right? 
it's nice to know when you have six months to live, or let me just tell you this, you're going to die at one point. It's nice to know that your family can go to your financial advisor and say, where are we on this? It may be tempting to leave your investment accounts allocated exactly as they were to your spouse. You may want to change things up when you pass. You'll have differing financial concerns as a widow than you did as a couple. You may want to consider downsizing. My mom should have downsized, but you know what went through her head? I want to die in the house that my husband died in. She probably should have moved closer to grandchildren. She ultimately stayed pretty close to her youngest child, my sister. And that was good because I'm like, after my dad died 25 years ago, I stuck around for one or two years to help my mother in the transition. And then I moved. I moved 3,000 plus miles away. It wasn't easy for me to take her to the hospital anymore. I still did one month of the year. But I relied on my sister and a brother to do that. This is all what it's like being a widow. Um, I have an older brother that as soon as my father passed away, he started kind of staking claim on some stuff like her car. When she had a stroke and was no longer able to drive, he took it. He didn't ask. He took it. It wasn't part of her estate plan. It was part of his plan. Not the best brother in the world, if you know what I'm saying. Um, having an estate planning attorney is very helpful, especially if you have more than what a simple will can handle. In California, you want an estate plan, a trust, if you own real estate, period. If you own real estate, you want a trust. It's going to save you in what's called probate. Your family will eat up $30,000 in probate. If you die, your last person, uh, you and your spouse pass, and the money goes to the kids, right? Probate will save you a lot of money, avoiding it. But again, you're dead. Do you care? It's your kids' bills now. So I think it's one of those things that's very, very helpful. When my father passed away, we had to piece together his will. We had to piece together his last will and testament. Um, there was a couple different versions, so we had to find the most updated one. It wasn't easy. It wasn't on his desk in a yellow folder that said current will, which he shouldn't do anyway because the house could burn down, right? We didn't have any challenges to it, but it went through probate. Um, My mother passed away in January of 2021. I still haven't received my inheritance. Here it is late in 2022 because there was no trust. It was all set up in a will. Now, it was very specific and the will's not being challenged. That's fine. Um, But it has to go through probate where... What if my mom and dad had a child out of wedlock? What if, you know, there's a lot of ifs and buts there. And you know what we say about ifs and buts. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party would have. It kind of stunk, stank, sucked, whatever you want to say. When my 
um, father passed, I was in charge of figuring out his financials. And my brother Dave was in charge of, you know, the funeral. Um, that's how our family broke. <laughs> There's five sons and one daughter. And Dave was the trusted attorney and I was the trusted financial person. That's not exactly the way you want it to line up. I would have liked some time for us all to mourn my father as a family. We didn't have that opportunity. So I was processing while I see also, you know, we ended up in five different states kind of thing. So we were all kind of rallying the troops for the funeral. And then ultimately, you know, we, we buried my father, but in my mom's funeral, it was during COVID. So there was no funeral. Um, a lot of wishes that people might have had went by the wayside. Again, during COVID, well, my father wanted to be buried in Arlington Cemetery. That didn't happen. So we buried him in a local church where he kind of met his God and kind of thing. It's all good. But my mom was cremated, so they're not buried together. They're not holding hands. They're not in a crypt together. They're totally separate. And something tells me it's fine, but you know, I'm not going to go into life after death kind of conversations here. Let's just say it all could have planned, been planned way, way better if you're picking up what I'm putting down. And we're not even getting into my mom and dad were married when my father passed away. There's something called the gray divorce, which happens when your kids leave the household and the financials get even more complicated because sometimes what we've learned is the guy moves on to find another younger wife and the mother kind of worries about the kids and, you know, he, he somehow, some way, some shape, some form. I've seen this way too often. If you can't tell the guy comes out of the divorce better than the woman does financially speaking. Um, especially if he still continues to earn money. It's one of the very first horrible things that I had to practice on air of, Hey ladies in the divorce, go for the 401k, not the house. And you know, you're trying to get, make that into a financial lesson. And it, it's like, you're a horrible human being. <laughs> you feel like 401k money is a lot tougher to accumulate than say shelter is in my opinion. And trying to tell human beings that, you know, whether it be when a spouse dies or whether it be when two spouses separate and they're over 60, it's, it's complicated financially speaking. So anyway, I just thought I would share a little bit of that support, a little bit of that story about what happened to me when my father passed. What's my time check? I can't hear anything. One minute. Got it. One minute. So... When you're a new widow, hopefully it's not a surprise and hopefully you have at least a financial advisor and hopefully you have a trust so that all wishes can be met reasonably within expectations. 30. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. 2023 is to be a big year. I've got three seminars I'm getting ready to announce and it's like February, April, May. So they're coming up. 
pretty excited. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Who are the worst things in the world to do with your financial lives is deal with your spouse about a budget and taxes. I was very romantic in my 20s, and that was the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to wine, dine, impress, and, and love like no other love. And the last thing I wanted to do was budget with my sugar booger and taxes. Tax moves you should make, though, at the end of the year are super important. Budgets throughout the year are super important so that you can tell your loved one, hey, I love you now in our hot and sexy 20s, and I'm going to love you in our family years and our 30s. I'm going to love you as we start to gray into our 50s and 60s, and I'm going to love you when we retire and walk the beaches of the world together. But to be able to walk the beaches of the world together, you need some cash flow. One of the components of that is you need to do some tax planning with your sugar booger, and that's not always fun. Budgeting isn't always fun, but if you can't do it, you shouldn't be in a, an adult relationship. You're in a childish relationship. You're living in the now. You're not living in the future. So let's talk about some things that you can do right now so that you have more money in the future. Harvesting tax losses. This is a good one. This is the uh, this is romance 101 on a Friday night, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, honey, do we have any capital losses which could offset our taxable gains this year? Uh-huh. Now you're talking love. Zoomy, zoomy, zoom, right? Any net losses beyond what can reduce ordinary income up to about $3,000 annually. That is such a ridiculously low number to me that $3,000 in my 20s, I'm like, is that all we could write off in losses? And now that I'm in my 50s, I'm like, is it still $3,000? And that's right. The figure hasn't risen in many years. It represents a modest consolation prize for investors who get banged up. The losses beyond that can carry forward for use in future years. Short-term losses first are applied against short-term gains. And long-term losses against long-term gains. Investments are considered long-term if held for more than one year. Do you see why this isn't fun and sexy? It's worth noting that the tax break applies to gains and losses held in taxable accounts. Losses in IRAs, individual retirement accounts, or 401ks don't count because they're already tax-sheltered for other reasons. It's pretty insane, isn't it? Do you see where I'm getting at? at some point in time, you're going to want a CPA. If you're falling into that, I make six figures and I've got complicated deductions because you don't want to forget this one. It's worthy not to forget it. Congress made the standard deduction more generous, but it also made it harder for taxpayers to itemize deductions in 2022. Property taxes, state taxes, local taxes, mortgage interest, charitable donations are amongst the main itemized deductions you can take, but you need to have more than 12,950 of the such expenses to make it worthwhile. 
if you're single or over $25,900 if you're married. Do you see why you almost want to hire an accountant to help with your taxes so you can just focus on your sugar booger and lover and so much and like be romantic and passionate as long as you can and, and make those children and get to retirement in the golden years and on Golden Pond and you're on a rowboat in the middle of a lake and she calls you an old poop. Don't you see why you want to have an accountant if you can have one? I do. So bunch of 2022 itemized deductions. Harvest your tax losses. Donate IRA money to charity. This is one where, again, it helps to have a financial planner. I've got a financial planner at EP Wealth named Brad. Brad is someone who circles back with me on a regular basis. Let me pull up a recent email from Brad and it'll give you an exact example. Um, okay, so he has sent me my dividends for the year. He sent me my short-term capital gains loss. He sent me my long-term capital gains loss. Things that I can harvest. Um, he sent me an email that said, I've attached a PDF for our plan information for review. Please review all information carefully and let us know if you need to make any updates, changes, additions. Please provide current information for any highlighted items in yellow. Please provide copies of your current social security statements for both of you. 2021 tax returns. You can upload those documents into the shared document folder in your vault or your wealth management site. I can access them securely from there. He's pretty good, isn't he? He goes over our estate planning, talking about updating our trust. He goes over our spending cash flow, asking, you know, how uh, we're doing with the ca- some of our links are broken. We have financial planning software called eMoney. And on occasion, my Bank of America account or my United Mortgage uh, account will delink after like 90 days, kind of like reset your password kind of thing. And he stays on top of it. Um, anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air if you want to call the show. But one of the things I'm talking about right now is like, if you have IRA money, individual retirement account money that you don't need for living expenses and you're at least 70 and a half years old, you can give that money to charity, uh, take a tax break to consider. It involves withdrawing some of your IRA money and donating it directly to one of the qualified charities, also known as a qualified charitable distribution, a QCD. And this is where I love CFP Chad Burton. He lives and breathes this stuff. Financial planners like Brad live and breathe this stuff. I don't really want to do it. Taxes aren't fun. They're not sexy. That's why I'm a tax person. That's not why I'm a tax Mine is Mine are a little more complicated than yours, maybe. But you don't receive a donation deduction on your gift as you otherwise might, but the money withdrawn from the IRA wouldn't be included in your adjusted gross income, so you don't pay taxes. There's positives and there's negatives, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You need to make tax moves right now, like converting a 401k into a Roth IRA, if it's appropriate for you, but you need a qualified professional to help you do that. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. This has been a big year for medical breakthroughs. Roughly four in 10 Americans are obese. I'm going to go over three of the big breakthroughs this year. There's been a lot. The term weight loss pill has been 
how shall we say glamorized? Is that right? But we excuse trying to get a pill and we have to diet and exercise, but we'd prefer a pill. There's a new diabetes drug that's working at incredibly well as a weight loss drug with it's not a happy accident. It's created an extraordinary evolution. In 2010's patients on diabetes medication, semeglitude, uh, noticed something interesting. They were losing a ton of weight and side effects wasn't a fluke. So throwing it out there, not going to get into how it works. Naturally occurring hormones, it's mimicking. It's the only medication in the pipeline that helps people lose weight without suffering major side effects. Um, it's in phase one trials. Patients with a higher dose lost more than 14% of their body weight in less than three months. Amgen's larger phase two studies could begin next year. This is big. <laughs> and I know this is going to sound horrific. I mean, it's big. Yeah, it's a weight loss drug. It's big. Yeah, 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 I get it. Um, elsewhere out there, the power to synthesize life. The summer scientists grew an embryo in a lab without the use of sperm or eggs or womb. It happened to be that of a mouse, but the species is of secondary importance. What matters is that a team in Israel forged something in a lab that butted a tail on day six, had a beating heart on day eight, and even had the beginnings of a brain. Now, again, what's that lead to? Um, it could lead to fixing embryonic mutations, developmental diseases, um, a lot of good. This year, we saw doctors reverse death. This is kind of the most interesting um, Yale research case that I read this week, where animals that have been dead for hours were brought back to life by pumping an experimental substance into the veins and arteries. After they've laid deceased for an hour plus, getting their hearts to beat again, this would be useful if you were in a car crash and suddenly died or you were a soldier and bled out on the um, battlefield. Now, again, it brings into the spooky references of the monkey paw, uh, pet cemetery, and any other cheating death kind of scenarios. But we are doing some pretty crazy stuff. And... uh Earlier in the show, I talked about how fusion is starting to create more energy than what it's costing us to create that energy. And that's a huge breakthrough. A lot of AI technology this year um, has been developed. So we got a snapshot of time, thanks to the courtesy of James Webb Telescope, sent back first images of ancient light from across the universe. We have all sorts of successful fighter uh, cancer fighting technologies being developed. The most exciting one that I saw uh, was uh, a trial with 18 rectal cancer patients. They were prescribed a new immunotherapy and cancers vanished. And doctors at Memorial Sloan Ketterling Cancer Center said, first time this has ever happened in cancer as far as we know. But there's a company called Grail, which Bill Gates is invested in. This is, and again, sometimes it's about timing your fraud, right? Elizabeth Holmes wanted to come up with a blood test that could detect cancers and tell you if you're going to go on a date 
and sexual STDs. Like it was, it was a great idea. One little pinprick of blood. There's a company called Grail, which launched a blood test called Gallery. It's not cheap. It's not perfect. Grail has been invested in by Bill Gates, like I mentioned. It's not even approved by the FDA, but it's a start. The test is looking for circulating tumor DNA in blood. It costs roughly $1,000, but it detects 50 types of cancers with a false positive rate below 1%. If these tests get cheaper, more available, more accurate, they'll herald a hopeful future for medicine and finding diseases early. I bring all this up because it's still a great time to be an investor. Capitalism is still working. We are still innovating around the world. And I, I kind of like the science. You know, legal lab meat. The FDA cleared a California company called Upside Foods to produce lab-grown chicken. It is the first ever cultivated meat product to pass this key regulatory hurdle. More obstacles remain, such as approval by the Department of Agriculture before you can order an Upside Foods chicken sandwich with white meat that grew in a lab, but it's a start. Um... I don't know. Should you be excited or should you get all depressed that the recession's coming? I think you should always be excited. Uh, Warren Buffett has famously said, never bet against America. And I kind of agree with that. So a lot of promising technologies out there in healthcare. Some of them dealing with weight loss. Some of them dealing with cancer. You get the idea. One of the things I'm going to like in hindsight on 2022 is I think we learned a lot. Um, if you were heading into retirement, this was the first time in a long time that you had to check yourself and go, am I doing things correctly? If you lose your job near retirement, that's a tough one. What would I do if I lost my job right now? Some kind of near retirement. I could retire in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Fortunately, I do a, a gig where in theory, I'm getting wiser as I do it, right? But if I were to lose my job, I would assess my budget. First things first. I would take a look at what I'm spending, take a look at what I'm bringing in, take a look at what's going out. Then I would evaluate my savings. Do I have a substantial emergency fund? Then I would assess my social security options. The earliest you could take Social Security is 62 years old. I'm too far away from that. For people born in 1960 or later, the retirement age when you can collect 100% of your benefits is 67. Claiming your Social Security benefits is 62. Locks you into a lower amount. You need to replace 60 to 80% of your income. And Social Security might, might do 10 to 20%, but not even close for me. Have a plan in place always a good idea i think 2022 we're going to learn did we have a plan or not history should be kind to us if we did learn something from it you can find me online at roblox show twitter roblox show youtube at roblox show i'm rob black for more information about ep wealth visit robblack.com that's robblack.com three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.